Hello, welcome to the podcast, um, Breaking Down Lymphoma, where we break down lymphoma into simple terms that everyone can understand. Um, I'm your host, Julie. And I'm Bailey. And today, to set, uh, shed some light on the subject, we have a, a special guest, uh, Dr. Pokola, who is a pediatric oncologist. Um, yeah, so we're going to be interviewing him today, getting some information. I'm really happy he was able to join us and make some time in his day for us. It's an honor to be a guest on your show. Absolutely. Thank you for being here. So, Dr. Pokola, we want to start out by asking you a few questions about lymphoma. So, let's just dive right into it. What made you choose this career and want to become this type of specialist? Yeah. So, um, so I'm a, a pediatric hematology oncologist. So, I did three years of pediatric training and then did another three years in pediatric hematology oncology, which is blood diseases and cancers. Um, the, the most common cancers we see in children are blood cancers, like leukemias and lymphomas. And so that's why kind of blood disorders and cancers have been kind of linked together. Um, I got interested in, um, uh, in blood cancers when I was doing my medical school training here at OU, and then got to take care of a lot of these patients uh, during my general pediatrics training in Dallas. After and during like my second year of my training in Dallas, I decided this is what I wanted to do. Just kind of based on a lot of experience I've had with these kind of amazing kids and their families. You see what they go through, um, and then kind of the evolving science. You know, I have to be in a period of time where they were coming up with a lot of new treatments and therapies, and there's been a lot of great strides. And I just felt called to be a part of that. Um, and so I applied for uh, a fellowship, which I was accepted to, and stayed on in uh, in Dallas for three years and did my and finished my training there and after I graduated I came up to back to Oklahoma um, in uh, July of 2010 and I've uh, been here ever since and in our division I'm sort of our leukemia lymphoma uh, expert and try to you know focus a lot of my uh, clinical work taking care of patients who have blood cancers and try to go to national meetings to kind of stay up to date on the newest innovations in uh, caring for kids who have blood Wow, thank you so much. What an admirable man. Like, that was, that's awesome. Julie, you want to go yes. ahead? So um, another question we have for you um, is what are some of the major signs and symptoms that um, you look for in your patients? Yeah, great question. So lymphomas in particular are a, you know, a blood cancer of the lymph. So lymph nodes, we all have, like, we all have hundreds of lymph nodes, you know, a lot of them, you think about them in your neck, like if you get, like, mm -hmm. a cold or you get strep throat, those kind of glands in your neck, they get big and swollen. Um, and most of the time, they can get big for up to, like, a month or two after an infection, and then they should, they should get smaller. And usually, they don't get bigger than, like, a, you know, like a centimeter or so, mm -hmm. like the size of, like, a, a small pea or a marble, and then should shrink. We get worried when lymph nodes get big and stay big for a long period of time. So like if you have big swollen lymph nodes for a couple of months. Um, we worry when lymph nodes are kind of getting bigger and not shrinking and also have a kind of feel hard and firm mm -hmm. uh, or it's causing trouble like kind of turning your neck or kind of shaking your head yes or no. Um, we also kind of get worried when we see kind of big lymph nodes kind of like in the armpit or kind of near the collarbone. Um, because those are not 
common areas where you get enlarged lymph nodes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we see this kind of, you know, kids or young adults who have lymph nodes that are staying big for a long period of time, have that unusual kind of feel where they're hard and firm, um, or in unusual areas, then that's when we kind of get worried that maybe this is a lymphoma as opposed to a regular what we call reactive lymph node that's getting big due to some sort of infection or inflammation. Right. So when the lymph node doesn't go back down is kind of like a cause for concern. Yeah. Gotcha. And as well, we also, you know, know that with lymphomas, a lot of patients will have kind of other symptoms in addition mm-hmm. to the lymph node being big. So kind of unusual fevers that just don't go away, that hang around for several weeks, they don't get better with like antibiotics, you know, they, there's no like, you know, they don't test negative for strep or for mono or for COVID, there's no clear kind of cause, mm-hmm. it just kind of lingers. As well, you know, a lot of lymphoma patients can have kind of unusual like weight loss where you're just not, not trying to lose weight, but may find yourself kind of losing weight, mm-hmm. you feel very, very tired, um, they also kind of, uh, in some lymphomas, also can kind of have like a lot of heavy sweating at night where you're so, so soaked from sweating where you like kind of get up and like change your clothes. Or change oh my your goodness. Yeah. Like gotcha. Wow. I had no idea that that like were like key like signs and mm-hmm. stuff. Can fatigue as well be like a symptom or a sign? It can be in some in some kids. It can really vary. I've seen some kids who kind of have all those symptoms I talked to you about, and then there's some who just had a lymph node that was just a little bit big for a little bit too long, or okay. a tonsil that was too big for a little bit too long, and they you know, happen to get it looked at and removed and find out that it was actually lymphoma that was wow. going on as opposed to infection. Now, is that painful for these kids and adults? So the lymphoma, the, the lymph nodes in lymphoma, like when you touch them, like kind of a, usually like infected lymph nodes that have infection in them or are swollen due to an infection are actually usually a little bit more tender and sore than lymphoma lymph nodes um, because there's kind of something with that as they grow, they don't seem to have the same kind of pain sensation. Um, but they can get painful, especially if they get to be really large um, and depending on part of the body they are. Um, um, you know, because it can then cause trouble with like, you know, if it's turning your head, turning your neck, if you get big lymph nodes in your tummy, you can, you, you don't think about lymph nodes in your, in your mm-hmm. stomach and stuff because, you know, you don't look into there and they're, right. they're deep, you can't really feel them like you can do the ones in your neck or in your armpit or your groin area. Um, but if you get big lymph nodes there or the spleen, which is kind mm-hmm. of like a, kind of an organ part of the lymphatic system, if those get big, you can get tummy pain, trouble eating because they kind of push on your intestines and your stomach. Oh, ouch. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Wow. Thank you so much for that answer. Uh, I'm going to go home and start filling all over myself, like mm-hmm. make sure I don't have any. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Just to make sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the first thing you do upon diagnosis then? Yeah. So whenever we see somebody who's, who's sent to me for concern for lymph nodes, a lot of times <laughs> they have, they've gotten like an x-ray or an ultrasound or a CAT scan, some sort of picture that kind of tells us there are some lymph nodes that are big. Um, if they haven't, then we typically, you know, after we feel it with the lymph node, like in our, when we do an exam and we notice the lymph node, if it's enlarged, and then find out a little bit more about what's been going on. If they haven't had CAT scans or things like that, then we may do those things. Okay. Ultimately, to know for sure what's going on, 
talk to our, I talk to my, my friends who are pediatric surgeons to remove or biopsy one of these lymph nodes to, to take a look in there to see what exactly is really going on. Um, because, you know, as I mentioned before, there's a lot of things that can cause big lymph nodes mm-hmm. um, and certainly even some unusual infections. Like, you know, in Oklahoma, you think about like kind of the, you know, some of the ones that you can kind of get out like, uh, you know, like from, like if you live out in rural areas where you're around like a, a lot of like frogs and ticks and other things where you can get kind of infections that cause weird lymph nodes, um, you know, things like tuberculosis can cause weird lymph nodes. And those are treated very differently than, than cancer. And so we want to get samples of the lymph nodes to find out for sure what exactly is going on. So we talk to the surgeons to get us a sample of the lymph nodes, mm-hmm. and then we can figure out the next steps in our plan. Okay, Wow. Goodness. Yeah. So what's kind of the defining test that you do that kind of confirms lymphoma? Because I know there's different tests you run and some of them just point to that as a possibility. But what's the one that kind of is like confirms that diagnosis? Yeah. So the CAT scan kind of guides us. It's probably the biggest tool we use to guide us towards it. Mm -hmm. Then the biopsy get out a, a piece of the lymph nodes and they do special testing, what we call immunohistochemical staining, which is basically what they do is they look for, they look at the outside of these cells mm-hmm. and see whether there's proteins and sugars and stuff that we know are associated with certain types of cancers that are there. And if they have a lot of the blood marker, blood cancer markers or lymphoma markers, then we can tell that it's a lymphoma, and by the kind of special markers we see on there, then we can tell what type of lymphoma it is, because there are several different types of lymphoma, and they're treated differently. And so we use these kind of special testing to kind of further tell apart what type of lymphoma it is. Gotcha. That That makes sense. Oh, 100%. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's interesting. All right. Our next question is going to be, what's the most important thing you want people to know about lymphoma? Yeah. So, um, in, you know, lymphoma in in the kind of spectrum of childhood cancer is our third most common cancer that we see. Most common ones are kind of leukemias are our most common cancer. That's like about a third of childhood cancer. Then brain tumors as a group are another kind of 20%. Mm -hmm. And then lymphomas are about 10 to 15%. So, so um, a good percentage. Uh, yeah. So, there, so of childhood cancer. Now, cancer in children is still con- considered a rare disease compared to like in adults, where you know you see like lots of folks with breast cancer, colon cancer, lung cancer. In the U.S., we see anywhere from like like around like sixteen thousand uh, new childhood cancer cases a year, and about ten to fifteen percent of those are lymphomas. Um, treatments for lymphomas in Children are very, very effective, and the cure rates are well over 90%. Um, oh, nice. In some cases, kind of approaching you know, the high 90s. So these wow. are very curable diseases mm-hmm. with current, uh, with current uh, treatment approaches. And we always want to continue to do better and make sure mm-hmm. that we're coming up with treatments that kind of, you know, our goal is to get 100% cure rate with the least side effects as possible. Right. Um, and so that everybody is a long term survivor and can have a long, healthy life or as healthy as possible after they beat it. 
Wow, thank you so much. That's a nice positive answer to know Mm -hmm. that there is a cure and like most of the time it is curable, which is awesome to know. Um, Is that survival rate, is that more in kids or is it pretty optimistic for adults as well? So, you know, um, I focus on on children, so I'm speaking a little more on the the children side of Mm -hmm. it. In in, in children, we typically see those kind of, um, there are two big groups of lymphoma. There's Hodgkin's lymphoma or Hodgkin's disease, and there's non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Um, Non-Hodgkin's lymphomas in kids, Mm -hmm. we usually see these kind of more kind of aggressive, faster-growing non-Hodgkin's lymphomas that are, even though though that sounds very scary, more Mm -hmm. aggressive, faster-growing, they're also more sensitive to treatment and shrink faster and go into remission okay. more easily. In adults, there's a lot more kind of um, slower growing ones that are kind of a little bit trickier and harder to treat. Gotcha. Um, which is why the prognosis for kind of adult lymphomas lags behind the prognosis for children. Mm. Um, as well, you know, adults, we have we have more mileage on our tires, you know, depending right. on what you've got, you know, problems with like high blood pressure, diabetes, you know, just smoking or something else, you have a lot of other conditions that make it harder for the body to tolerate chemotherapy, radiation therapy, things like that mm-hmm. that we use to treat most lymphomas. Kids, on the other hand, you know, don't have that same wear and tear, mm-hmm. the same kind of uh, comorbidities there. Now, on the flip side, you know, we have very sometimes very young children who can be very sensitive to chemotherapy. Mm-hmm. And we have to be mindful of that and take special precautions in how we give these very powerful medicines that are needed to cure them, but doing it in a way that's safe to give to somebody who's very, very young. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, I didn't think about, you're right, like adults have, you know, more wear and tear on their body. Yeah. So, of course, it's going to be a different experience for them and everything. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. How can we bring awareness to lymphoma when COVID is in the spotlight currently. Yeah, sure. No, and uh, I appreciate your all's efforts and, you know, and, and kind of doing what you're doing now. Mm-hmm. Is, Thank you. Kind of, you know, I think COVID's kind of overtaking the spotlight and certainly, you know, it still affects how we practice our care and taking care of our cancer patients because, uh, you know, they can get sicker with COVID um, than other patients and it makes it challenging to get some things done if you're, you know, if you have a COVID infection, mm-hmm. like you need like sedation or things like that, where you want to be careful if you've got an active infection. Um, I think the biggest thing is just to kind of share share stories, and I appreciate y'all reaching out to some of our patients so they can share their stories of what's going on. Just kind of remind people that you know that these other diseases that we you know are are still been going on. They haven't taken a break. Unfortunately, during the pandemic, we had to put everything else on pause. Mm-hmm. They keep sharing their stories, um, you know, uh, uh, with with uh, with your, you know, with people you know, with friends, with uh, people who are thinking about interested in looking for charities to donate. That you know, um, that children with lymphoma, children are still being diagnosed with lymphoma, and we want to make sure we're giving the best care and to continue research to make sure that treatments that we're developing are going to have less side effects very, very effective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, something we want to bring to light in our campaign is sort of like um, body awareness and being aware of uh, symptoms early if they do arise. Um, how important would you say 
um, early diagnosis is and being aware of the symptoms? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, it's a tricky one um, mm-hmm. because there are some lymphomas that the lymphomas can, depending on which type it is, how you kind of feel and kind of how long it takes to get diagnosed can be can really vary. Mm-hmm. So Hodgkin's lymphoma or Hodgkin's disease is typically a slower growing and slower dividing type of lymphoma and where, where a lot of kids will have kind of, you know, swollen lymph nodes that are kind of there just kind of slowly growing for like months mm-hmm. uh, before you kind of get worried, uh, before they get worried or, or you mention it to a doctor or anything like that. The non-Hodgkin's lymphomas are more rapidly growing and so kids often have a lot of these kind of notice these bumps getting bigger and bigger very, very quickly. Parents notice very, very quickly. So it, it, it can be very, it can, it can be kind of a little bit variable. Now, we don't want everybody, you know, being worried that they have to get a CAT scan every week. Right. Feel their neck every single day. Mm-hmm. To, parents need to feel their kid's tummy every day to make sure they don't have a big spleen or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, a lot of we do, you know, of outreach and talk to our pediatric or general pediatric colleagues out there to kind of talk to them, you know, about, you know, kind of things to, you know, education out there mm-hmm. to try to help uh, improve when you should have a kind of higher concern. You know, I think families should be aware that, you know, you know, those normal lymph nodes, you know, should get smaller after a couple of months. And if they're mm-hmm. not getting smaller, if they're rock hard, if their kiddos, you know, you know, losing weight or you know, having unusual fevers or just kind of, you know, not to just chalk it up to the usual, you know, kind of viral illnesses that are always running around during the wintertime or always chalking up to strep throat or mono, um, you know, especially if it's kind of lingering for, for a while, um, to be a little bit more kind of to ask some of those questions to mm-hmm. their, their, their regular doctors. And, and we always want the physicians out in the community. They're always, we're always happy to, to take phone calls from physicians in the community mm-hmm. if they're at all concerned um, that a patient has lymphoma to kind of talk to them about, you know, any blood tests they've done, any scans they've done, and to try to get them seen by us as soon as possible yeah. if there is a concern um, uh, so that we can make sure we're, we're doing the right things to, you know, confirm the diagnosis and, and, and their concerns or hopefully be able to also, maybe in, a lot of, in some of the cases, give a reassurance mm-hmm. that this is probably just a lymph node from infection or big spleen from mono and not due to cancer. Gotcha. Okay, so don't be over-concerned, but definitely don't be too relaxed. Kind of a balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, I think uh, to be concerned, you know, to, to, you know, knowing what the things to watch out for. Right. Everybody, everybody gets big lymph nodes in their life mm-hmm. because everybody gets infections. But knowing when when to get to get worried, the things to watch mm-hmm. out for. Like I said, staying big for a long time, they're getting hard and firm, they're by your collarbone, in the armpit, um, you know, weird fevers, and, and, you know, they're not feeling like they normally feel with, like, a regular type of infection. And parents mm-hmm. know their kids pretty well and can, are often very intuitive, and for the most part, that they've had a cold Mm-hmm. Right. That's how a lot of our patients with cancer present is, you know, very astute parents and pediatricians are like, no, nah, this isn't the usual stomach bug. This mm-hmm. isn't the usual, like, you know, you know, lymph nodes to the strep throat. This is something else. Gotcha. Okay. So 
definitely need to keep like an eye on people and like an eye on yourself personally, especially even if like you were to get COVID or have lymphoma or cold or some kind of sickness in it, like this, it still continues on. Most definitely. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Well, cancers don't get better on their own. Um, Yeah. So, Mm. you know, if you've got, you know, uh, that's another kind of those things that, you know, if lymph nodes get big and get small on their own, then it's most likely not not a, a, not a lymphoma. Mm-hmm. But the ones that are, you know, bad things get worse if you don't do something about it. You're right, Other gotcha. Other things will get better often on their own. And that's another kind of, you know, things that, you know, a lot of that uh, we, uh, you know, that we, we kind of notice that physicians are also very astute about and, and, and get worried when, when things aren't running their normal course as they should. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. I understand. Yeah, that's like its defining factor. Like mm-hmm. it's not getting better. Yeah, probably something to look more into. But yeah. yeah. Well, Doctor Pokola, would you like to add anything else to this lovely podcast today? Yeah, no, I appreciate you all taking the time to to talk and you know kind of bring more uh, awareness about lymphomas. Which, like I said, it's uh, you know while cancer is you know a comparatively rare diagnosis in children. It is the leading cause of death by disease in children. So it's still a big area that we need to do better in treating. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, currently we can cure, you know, overall, we cure 80% of children with cancer. Uh, While that sounds like a great number when you compare it to adult cancers, uh, for us it's still unacceptable because we want that to be 100. Mm -hmm. We want kids to grow up and live a healthy life and and not have cancer and not die from cancer, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, We've made a lot of progress in um, and we want to continue that progress to, you know, um, keep, keep getting those cure rates to over 90% that are right now there to keep on bringing those as close as we can to 100%, um, and to, you know, uh, encourage people who are, you know, sort of a little kind of what to do with, like, you know, like for, you know, if you're looking for, in, um, you know, charities to support, you know, there's a lot of great charities out there, like, um, uh, that, that help with uh, pediatric cancer research and research like mm-hmm. you know uh, the cure search which works with children's oncology group the leukemia lymphoma society that helps with research in both adult and pediatric cancers uh the alex lemonade Standard foundation st baldrick's foundation a lot of great charities out there that you can do to you know if you want to know what can i do to help mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's a lot of there's still a big funding gap for childhood cancer research overall um and we still you know even though been very successful there's still a lot of room for improvement um because our goal is to try to get to 100 percent, and you know 90 percent isn't 100 mm-hmm. so uh, yeah. uh we all want to uh, make sure we continue encouraging people to kind of help us get to our goal yeah yeah for well sure. thank you dr pokola for joining us today we greatly appreciate mm-hmm. you um Julie, would you like to add anything else? Yeah, just thank you again for coming on. This was super informative, and I think we had a really great discussion. I hope our viewers learned something new. I definitely did. Too. So, yeah, I thanks again for coming. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Oh, my pleasure. Anytime. Uh, feel free. Uh, glad, to, glad that we can help, uh, help spread awareness about lymphomas. Definitely. Uh, and uh, kind of, uh, I appreciate you letting me share some of my insights on how we uh, make these diagnoses and Mm -hmm. the work we want to continue to do to cure everybody, especially children who have lymphoma. Absolutely. Thank you again. Thank you so much. Have a great week. Thanks.
All right, friends. Uh, make sure to tune in next week. Uh, we're going to be releasing podcasts twice a week, Mondays and Fridays. Mm-hmm. Um, also, make sure to check out our social platforms, Breaking Down Lymphoma. Um, anything else, Julie, you'd like to add? Yeah, so um, here's our logo, Breaking Down Lymphoma. Um, you can find our socials um, at this name on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Um, we'll also be releasing our podcast on YouTube under the same name. So be sure to check those out. Um, yeah, we hope you learned something today. I definitely did. Me too. So yeah, just remember, be aware of those symptoms. Now you know the symptoms. So just, yeah, be aware of them. Take care of yourselves. And tune in next week for our next guest. Thanks for tuning in.